Welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. Tell someone it's a new season. New things are happening for me. Say it like you believe it. New things are happening for me. And ask the person, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Hallelujah. I'm so excited because God has made everything ready for us. And the past few weeks we've been talking about God making things ready. And says all things are ready. If you've not been listening to the message, I advise you go to the website ph.kingsword.org and listen and listen. I go there and listen and listen and listen over again. Sometimes I hear the things I say and I say to myself, did I say that? <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's amazing the things you say under the anointing. It's amazing the things you say when the, when the anointing is moving. And you just wonder, how, the, how in heaven did I say that? You know, but that's what the power of God does. And that's what the grace of God does. Hallelujah. I'm excited because new things are happening for you. New things are happening. Luke chapter 14. We've been studying the, that part of scripture where, where Jesus was talking about um, a, the kingdom of God and likening it unto a man that invited people for a banquet and said all things are ready. Get them to come. And then some people didn't show up. And then the Lord said to the, the, in the parable, that the master said to the servant, go out and bring everybody. Bring those who are blind. Bring those who are lame. Bring those who are crippled. Bring those who, who don't have anything. Bring the poor. Bring them all. Why? Because he has made something ready. And God showed us that for us to get what he has made ready for us, we need to be blind. We need to be blind to the things of the world. We need to approach him with all humility. We need to lose our sense of composure. We need to lose that, that our dignified self. We need to be humble before him and get everything. And get everything. And get everything. That God had made everything ready for us before the foundation of the world. Genesis 1.29 says, And God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. So before we did anything, God went ahead of us to prepare the way. He went ahead of us to make everything ready for us. And then we saw how to receive the things that God had made ready for us. But today, I want to zero in on one point. On the overflow. When God makes things ready for you, it's abundance. When God goes ahead of you and makes things ready for you, it's overflow. John 10.10 10 says that he has come to give us life but to give us life more abundantly. He's not just come to give us a life, but he's come to give us an abundant life. He's come to put us in a position where we overflow. So when Jesus comes, he's come to make all things beautiful. When he said to that woman, thou art loosed. He said, you are loose from your infirmity into something. So when Jesus comes, he doesn't just take us. He takes us from whatever it is that we're going through and puts us in abundance. When Jesus comes, he doesn't just say, be free. 
He says, we are free into something. So we are taken from one thing to another thing. We are taken from lack into fullness. We are taken from poverty into abundance. That's what he comes to do. So when he says all things are ready, invite people to come. He says that he has put us in a position where we have overflow. Where we have overflow. And sometimes people at the beginning of the year, they try to make resolutions. They try to make promises and they try to uh, um, make goals and plans and things like that. But sometimes your energy doesn't start at the beginning of the year. Sometimes you just need that beginning of the year to push certain things. So if you're pushing in January and it feels like nothing is showing, nothing is showing, don't be, don't be disturbed. Listen, your energy may not begin to take effect until later. But for you to now say, because my energy will not take effect until later, I will not push. That's not wise. That's not wise. You begin to push. You begin to position yourself. So you cannot ignore wisdom now. Because of when the energy will happen. You cannot say, I'm not going to pray now. I'm not going to fast now. I'm not going to give now. I'm not going to do this now. Because what I'm, what I'm seeing is not like it's, like it's not showing up now. Look, it may show up in the fifth month, in the third month, in the sixth month. But that doesn't mean right now you should ignore wisdom. That doesn't mean right now you shouldn't position yourself for what God wants to do. So you position yourself now. Because on the other side of whatever you're, you're going through, whatever frustration is the overflow. On the other side is the grace of God. On the other side is the blessing. On the other side. Once you settle that in your heart, that on the other side of whatever I'm going through is the overflow. What I do now doesn't matter. What I do now is irrelevant. What I do now... I'm not doing it now to say, okay, uh, let it show up now. Because I know that on the other side is overflow. So when I know that in my heart and I settle it in my heart once and for all, I take my position now and I stand now like someone who is where? On the other side. So my disposition now is someone who has the victory. My disposition now is someone who has obtained the victory. My position now is one who has already come to the banquet. So I stand in that position now as if tomorrow has arrived. As if I'm already in the overflow. Because that is the promise of God for me. He said, I have come that they may have life. And that they may have it to the full. To have it to abundance. That's what God comes to do. So if I know in my heart that God has come to give me life. And to give me life in abundance and to overflow. Then I position myself now for that life. It's if I don't believe it, then I can act otherwise. If I don't, if, if Dangote walks into your house and says, you know what, I'm going to give you $10 million. Having not seen, you believe. Why? Because we know in whom we have believed. So God comes to you and tells you, you have the overflow that all things are ready. Having not seen, you believe. Why? Because you know in whom you are believed. So that's the confidence we have. We haven't seen the breakthrough. We haven't seen the miracle. But we know in whom we are believed. Because we know we rejoice with joy unspeakable. That's what the Bible says. So Dangode walks in and says, I'm going to give you $10 million. He hasn't given it to you. But you've called everybody in your family. Oh boy, forget. Man, I have alive. You haven't seen it. He hasn't given it to you. But you believe. 
Why? Because I know Dangote. He cannot promise and fail. If a man can do that. What about the God that created the heaven and earth that set the cattle upon a thousand hills are mine? And he says all things are ready. So I'm not waiting for the fourth month or the third month or the sixth month or the seventh month to begin to gain energy. I start now and I gain that energy and I run with that energy because I know all things are ready. Because I know. It's if I don't believe it that I can act otherwise. But the moment I believe and I know that that's the promise of God for me, that's the word of God for me, I run with it because I know he has come to give me life. So I stand in January as if I've got into December 2019. And I stand knowing that I have everything that he has made ready for me. So if the month doesn't matter, the week doesn't matter, the day doesn't matter, what matters is the word of God that I'm standing on in January, February, March, up until December. That's what matters to me. So I stand in that authority and I know what Christ has made ready for me. So I'm not bothered. I'm not counting the months or counting the days. Or counting the time when my breakthrough will come. My breakthrough came when the word of God came. My breakthrough would not, did not come when they brought the $10 million to me. My breakthrough came when Dangote said, I give you $10 million. So when the word of God comes to you, that is your rejoicing. The Bible says the word of God is the seed. So when that seed comes and is planted, he says, my word will not return to me void. So if, you, if I were you, what I will do in January, I will position to hear the word. Because I know once I hear the word, that's a ticket. That's everything that I need. So once I hear the word, I hear the promise, I obtain it, I hold on to it. That's all I need. It doesn't care. February, March, it doesn't care. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that God has spoken once, twice have I heard it. The power belongs to God. So when I know the power belongs to God, I act like power belongs to God. I act like glory belongs to God. I act like wisdom belongs to him. I act like favor belongs to him. Regardless of how I feel right now. Some people say you're faking it to make it. No, you're not faking it to make it. We know something. We have inside information. We know something. There is something we know that they don't know. Because the Bible says, fear not what, what they fear. Separate yourself. Fear not what they fear. Don't call a confederacy what they call a confederacy. The Lord your God, only him will you fear. Because we know in whom we have believed. So we've come to the overflow. We've come to abundance. Regardless of where we are now. He has made us kings and priests with him. Second Kings chapter 7. From verse 1. Second Kings chapter 7 from verse 1. Elijah replied, I hear the word of the Lord. Nothing has happened. He heard the word of the Lord. Nothing had happened. Nothing had changed. It was the word of God he heard. He said, this is what the Lord says. About this time tomorrow, a seer of fine flour will sell for a shekel and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. That was the word. The people were in a terrible situation at the time. Samaria had been besieged. He said, I hear the word of the Lord. What word of God have you heard? 
what word of God had come to you in this season regardless of what they were going through what came for them was not what they were expecting but it was the word of God it was God's promise it was God's prophecy it was God's word that came to them in that situation verse 2 said the officer on whose arm the king was leaning said to the man of God look even if the Lord should open the floodgates of heaven could this happen the same thing in Luke chapter 14 Jesus said the man prepared a banquet and said come all things already and some people decided they were too busy to receive what has been made ready so they didn't come said if God opened the floodgates of heaven could this happen say you will see it with your own eyes answered Elisha but you will not eat it any of it when God's word comes to you that's the that's all that you need that's everything the word is the only thing I, I, I told us before that God did not create money we created money man designed currency God did not so God cannot be limited by what man created I don't know you, you get that he can't be limited by the creation of man so if money is stopping you from doing anything it means you are looking to man money should not stop you from doing what God asks you to do God cannot send you somewhere and then you tell him Lord the problem is money no because he did not create it in the first place if he created it was a different thing but it's not his creation so it cannot limit him so when God tells you to do something he has, it has no reference to money at all because he knows that that is the least of the problem it has no reference it says you will see it with your own eyes answered Elijah but you will not eat any of it verse 3 it says now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates so why should we sit here waiting to die they asked each other isn't it amazing that in Luke chapter 14 that the people that received what God had prepared were those who were blind who were lame those who were sick those who couldn't walk and then look at 2nd Kings chapter 7 God gave a word and it's the people that were leprous that were daring that word he said why should we sit here waiting to die they asked each other we will starve if we stay here but with the famine in the city we will starve if we go back there so we might as well go out and surrender to the Arabian army if they will let us leave so much the better but if they kill us we would have died anyway that's the attitude what have I to lose that's the attitude what have I to lose we always we always think that we have our dignity to lose we have our pochness to lose oh what will people think of me how will they perceive me if I do what God is asking me to do what will they say about me what will people think of me 
But until you get to that point where you realize that your life is for Christ and Christ alone, you get to that point where you realize that in Christ you live, you move, you have your being, you have your completeness in him. And then he becomes the reason you do anything. So you don't see yourself anymore, but you see Christ Jesus. Until you get to that point and you realize that my life is not my own. So verse 5, it says, So at twilight they set out of the camp of the Arameans. Set out for the camp of the Arameans. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots at the galloping of chariots and the sound of a great army approaching. Listen, what did Elisha hear? The word of God. What did the army hear? Chariots. When God gives you a word, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. When the, the right thing that needs to hear and translate that word, they will hear it. So when God tells you, I need you to go to XYZ, I need you to do this and do that for me, all you need to do is step out. The things that need to hear that word and interpret it, for example, if, there's, um, if that, when, when Elijah heard that word and the people had said, we need what? Let me tell you what they, said, what they said they need. They said they need an army, they need chariots, and they need horses. Okay? That is what it took for the Arameen army to disperse. But what did they hear? The word of God. What did it take for the Arameen army to disperse? Chariots, an army, horses. Think about it. God asks you to do something and he needs money. It needs this. It needs that. It needs X, Y, Z. But God said, I'm not limited by those things. I give you my word you believe that word, that word will cause whatever needs to happen for that thing to happen to happen. That's what the word will do. Said so the king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack. They began to interpret it by themselves. They began to give interpretation to what the word of God has gone for to solve. So you don't need to be there to give explanation. Okay, you know, we need $10 million. We need $30 million before we can start and all that. That's why we have not started. That's all. No. Let the people decide. Ah, I mean, the guy got, got some $10 million contract. Maybe somebody dashed him money. No. Maybe got a job. Let them be the one to discuss that one. Your own is that you heard God's word and you moved with the word of God. Verse 8. It says, when the men with leprosy arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating and drinking wine, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. But they got there and found, man, there's nobody here. There's nobody here. There's nobody here. So when God gives a word, that's the only thing you need. That's what you need to run with. That's what you need to embrace. That's what you need to, you need to, you need to push on with. That's what you need to hold on to. That word is the word that will produce anything that needs to get that thing done. That word is the word that will, that will bring things to come alive. That is the word that will bring everything alive. The word of God. Those that did not embrace uh, the new thing happening. What happened to them? Look to verse 17. Hallelujah. 
He said the king appointed his officers to control the traffic at the gate. But he was knocked down and trampled to death as the people rushed out. So everything happened exactly as the man of God had predicted when the king came to his house. Exactly. So when God gives a word in the beginning, you and I do well to follow through with that word. You and I do well to lay hold on that word. You and I do well to forget every other thing and focus on that word. Because at the end of the day, that word will come to pass. The Bible said the word happened exactly as the man of God had said. Luke chapter 14, verse 21. It says, the servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done. And what the next thing he said, there is still room. There is still room. When God's word goes forth concerning any situation, it goes forth to bring overflow. It goes for to bring increase and abundance. If you read in that second Kings chapter 7, if you read further down, you see that when they had plundered everything, they, they went to tell the king, the king sent people, they came and plundered. They had more than enough. More than enough. They had stepped into the overflow because they embraced the word of God. Because they embraced the promise of God. Because they embraced what God has spoken to them at that time. I tell us all the time that when, 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 when you come to church or you're praying or doing anything at all and God is speaking to you, have two things at the back of your mind. What should I start doing? What should I stop doing? What should I start doing? What should I stop doing? As this message is coming, uh, thoughts are coming to your mind. Your action point should be, what should I start doing? What should I stop doing? Because as the word is coming, things are coming to your heart. The Spirit of God is, is ministering things to you. It's telling you what to adjust. It's telling you where next, what next to do. It's telling you to do this, to do that, to stop doing this. So those are the things you write down. Those are the notes you take. Your action points. Your action points. Verse 23. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. Tell somebody I'm in the overflow. Tell another person I'm in the overflow. So what do I need to do? You've seen the things you need to do to receive the things that God has made ready. So God did not just make them ready for you to receive them, but then he has bringing us into an overflow. He's bringing us into a season of abundance. He's bringing us into a season of much overflow. So what do I need to do to live in the overflow? One, you understand that the overflow is not just for you. It's not just for you. It's not just for you. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are empowered to empower others. You've been given so you can give to others. So it's not just for you. 
I told us the other day, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, it says, let him that steal, that stole, steal no more, so that he can walk and have to give. Someone would have thought that the reason he's stealing is because he doesn't, he doesn't have. So when he, he starts working, and then he will now have. But the Bible says he should work so that he will have to give. So when you step into overflow and abundance, it's not just for you. James chapter 4, he says that you have not because you do not ask. He said, but when you ask, you ask amiss so that you will consume it on your own lust. He said, that's why you do not receive. You ask for your own selfish interest. It's all about you. It's all about you so that I can have. But when you realize that your life is more than you, it's more than you. It's beyond you. It's an overflow. You are a blessing to be a blessing to others. You've been empowered so that you can empower others. God has given to you so that you can give to others. When you understand that that's your lot, that, that, that the overflow is not just for you, you take it seriously. And then you step into it with, with, with understanding and depth. And then you embrace everything that God has made ready for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Someone say, I'm in the overflow. This is my season of March. This is my season of abundance. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So you've been blessed to be a blessing. You're empowered to empower others. You've been given so you can give to others. 2 Kings chapter 7 from verse 8. It says, The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp, entered one of the tents, and ate and drank. Then they took silver, gold, and clothes, and went off and hid them. Then they returned and entered another tent, and took some things from it, and hid them also. Verse 9. They said to each other, What we're doing is not right. This is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let us go at once and report this to the royal palace. They realize that what we are doing is not right. It's a day of good news and what we are doing is we are keeping it to ourselves. It's a day of good news and we are concerned about ourselves. It's a day of good news and all we could think about is me, myself, and my little dog. All we could think about is everything for me. But the Bible says that, let us understand that we have been blessed to be a blessing to others. So when you begin to think of other people and begin to think of your life beyond yourself, God begins to bring opportunities your way so that you can be a blessing to others. So that you can be a channel. It's a day of good news. But it's not right that we're keeping it to ourselves. It's not right. It's a day of good news. So we're going out to tell others of this good news. We're thinking of our lives beyond ourselves. Because it's overflow. And when they extended it to other people, the thing did not finish. The Bible said they had much to, 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 to gather. The whole city came and they gathered much. And they began to plunder the, their remaining army more than enough there's enough room there's enough room Luke chapter 14 tells us that after they had called everybody to come in for the banquet they said Lord there is still room there is still room God has called us to overflow so 
understand that the overflow is not just for you. The second thing is let God be your source. Let him be your source. Recognize him as your source. Recognize him as the one that provides for you. Recognize him as the only one. Recognize him as the source. Genesis chapter 2 from verse 4. It says this is the account of the heavens and the earth. When they were created. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth. And no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth. But there was no one to walk the ground. But streams came up from the earth. And watered the whole surface of the ground. Let God be your source. There was no one. No one. No one. And if you look at 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 7 verse 10. It said, So they went there and called out to the city. To the city gatekeepers and told them. We went into the Aramean camp. And no one was there. No one was there. God was the source. No one was there. No one was there. Only threaded horses and donkeys and the tents just left there as they were. So when you make God your source, he takes away human effort. He takes away what people can do. He stands as the only one that can provide and supply. But you have to make him your source. You have to realize that God is my source. God is my source. Number three, you challenge the status quo. How do I live in overflow? You challenge the norm. You don't do things because that's the way it's been done. No, you ask deep questions. You aim for higher. You dream bigger. You reach for more. You dare the impossible. That's how you step into overflow. You dare the impossible. Everything they said cannot be done. Has not been done until it's done. If they say it cannot be done, they are waiting for you to do it. So you dare the impossible. You dream bigger. You reach for more. Second Kings chapter 7 from verse 3 it says, Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, Why stay here until we die? They dared the impossible. They could have stayed there and died. They could have stayed there and, and said, Well, nobody knows my sorrow. They dared the impossible. You are laughing at my song. <laughs> That's the new song I found. <laughs> you know, when people, when people, when people just just stay in a position where they feel helpless, they now begin to cook up all kinds of songs. Nobody knows my sorrow. Nobody knows my pain. And they'll be crying and weeping. No, God hasn't called you to that. Those things don't move God. In all honesty, it doesn't move Him. The things that move Him is faith. If your tears it's anchored on faith, it will move him. But if your tears is anchored on emotion, it will move him. It won't. But if your tears is anchored on, on, on faith, Lord, I am a king and a prince. I know who I am in Christ. And tears are coming. It will move God. Your faith is there. But not nobody knows my sorrow. Nobody knows my pain. No, everybody has pain. Everybody has sorrow. And trust me, nobody wants to know your own. Exactly right. <laughs> Hallelujah. So they did the impossible. They did the impossible. He said, if we stay here, we will die. If we go there, we will die because of starvation. So what is the problem? That one, death. This one, death. 
So they sat down and analyzed. Let's die. That was what they said. They were not planning to plunder. They were like, so be it. If death it is, then death it is. So they had no composure. They had nothing to lose. They were like dead men. They had nothing to lose. They were like the poor, the blind, the crippled, and the lame who went to receive everything that has made, been made ready. Because they counted not their life to gain anymore. Verse 5, he said, At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arabian army. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. The thing that is troubling you is not there. The thing you are afraid of is not there. It's not there. The thing you are scared about is not there. That's what God is trying to get you to see. That nothing should, nothing should scare you. Nothing, you should be afraid of anything. The promises he has given to you, they are for you. Nothing can stop you. Nothing is on your way. There is no mountain before you. He said it will become like a plane. Even when you get to the desert and there is no way, he said, I will make a way. Because you've held on to my word. You've held on to my word. You've taken my word more precious to you than your necessary food. People with that kind of attitude, they break through. People with that kind of attitude, they come before a mountain and the mountain gives way for them. Why? Because they believe the word of God. When the people cried unto Moses, and God said, why are you crying to me? Tell them to go forward. Why are you crying to me? Tell them to go forward. But in that forward was what? A mountain. But what did they hear? The word of God, go forward. And they held on to that word. And they went forward and the mountain gave way. And the Red Sea parted. By the word of God. The same thing Elijah, Elisha heard. The word of God from the beginning. The word of God came to him in a situation that, that, was, that was dead. Nothing more but the word. By this time tomorrow, this and this will happen. Somebody dared to believe it. So when God says 2019 is your year of new things, I need someone to dare to believe God. And when God says I've made everything ready for you, I need someone to dare to believe God. And run with that word. That is the word that will open the doors. There is nobody that can help you. But God will send the one that will help you. And he will tell you he's the one that is helping you. So you can't look to man, but you look to him. The same word is the word that will open the doors. The same word is the word that will bring anything necessary. Anything necessary. If the horses need to come, if the chariots need to come, if the army needs to come, that the enemy will hear and then run, God will cause them to come. But when you start praying for the army and praying for the horses and praying for the chariots, you've missed it. But when you hear the word that by this time tomorrow, everything around me is new. By this time tomorrow, everything has been made ready for me. And you dare to believe that word and run with the word. That word will bring the horses, it will bring the chariots, it will bring the army, it will bring everything required for it to come to pass. God is not the one that created money. And God will never need money to do anything. He will never need people to do anything. He can send people your way, but he doesn't need people. So when you start looking to people, you've changed your source. 
fact that God sends people and God sends money doesn't mean that you should look to money or look to people. You look to the word. He becomes your source. He can decide to send people. He can decide to send money. He can decide to do anything supernaturally. But what becomes your foundation is the word of God you look to, the word of God you hear. That's the one that will produce. It may not look like it now. In January or February or March, it doesn't matter. But as long as you hold on to that word, that this is what God has promised, this is what he has promised, and I'm holding on to it, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. There is nothing before you to hinder you. There is nothing, absolutely nothing. There is nothing big enough to stand before the word and it will not give way. There is nothing. Anything you come across this season, you will overcome. I say anything you come across this season, you will overcome. There is no challenge that is bigger than you this season. There is no challenge, nothing. Nothing that is bigger than you. Nothing. I don't care what the thing is. It's not bigger than you. It's not bigger than you. This season, you become a mighty force to reckon with. This season, things will break forth before you. Things will break. Whatever you face will break forth, will melt before you. Why? Because we've seen the end. We've seen the overflow. So that's why we can talk like this. We've seen the outcome. We've seen the other side. We're there already. What's the other side? Overflow. What's the other side? Abundance. Why? Because Jesus has come that we might have life and have it to abundance. Have it to give to other people. So when we stand and face every situation that comes across us this year, we stand knowing that we overcome. We stand knowing that we have the victory. We stand knowing that we are victorious all the time and every time. So we talk like that. Not because we have it yet, but because we know in whom we have believed. Not because we have it yet, but we know in whom we have believed. And that's our confidence. That's our source. That's our strength. That's what we stand on. That's what we confess. And that's what we give glory to God for. Stand to your feet. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.